Well, hello, friends, and welcome to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry and podcast ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church, located in Greenville, Texas. Now, in these few moments we spend together each week, you'll hear great and stirring interviews and powerful messages from the Word of God. But the reason for it all is so you can be touched by... Pastor Chet Haney here with the Highland Terrace Baptist Church and the His Mighty Hand radio ministry and podcast. And I'm so happy to have back with me today in studio for a second time, Bill Kincaid, who's a dear friend and a member of our church. Now, Bill, you've been through some tough health issues recently, haven't you? Well, I don't know how, how, how tough they were. It came as a surprise. Yeah. We're glad you're doing better. And uh, I know Audette, your wife, was concerned, and she shared with me, you know, some of the some of the challenges that you've been through. And I'm so glad to see you up and at them today. You look great. Are you feeling good? Much better. That's great. Glad to hear it. Tell us a little bit about your uh, background. I know you mentioned on our last interview, Bill, that you had been uh, a journalist at one time, and an attorney, a mediator. And I uh, would love to hear, um, you know, uh, where you were raised and how you got into those uh, fields and anything you want to tell us about your background, especially maybe how the Lord captured your heart as a believer. I grew up in Abilene. West Texas boy. Yes. Yeah. I was... Sports editor and political editor of our high school newspaper. Is that right? Uh huh. And worked for the, I worked for the daily newspaper, mm-hmm. which was the Avaline Reporter News. Mm-hmm. Then I've also worked for the Lubbock Avalanche Journal and, wow. and the Pampa Daily News and so yeah. forth. It's different things. Yeah. Interesting. And, um, you were raised there in Abilene? Yes. Went to Abilene High School, I guess? Yes. How about that? Yeah. And uh, did you uh, find as a journalist that you had an interest in maybe going to law school? Yes, I was interested in that. Uh huh. Where did you wind up going to school? Out at Tech, maybe? I did. I see. In Lubbock. Heard they have a really good law school there. They do. It was originally my third choice. Uh-huh. But my debate coach in, yeah. in college yeah. wanted me to go, to go there. Mm-hmm. And so I, I went out there with him yeah. and was very favorably impressed. They met with Dean Amandus. Wow. And he showed it at that particular time they were still meeting in the in some army barracks. I see. But he, he laid out the blueprints for the, yeah. uh, for the new school and uh-huh. then took us through. It was being the process of being built. And so we put on our hard hats and went through it, and what it was and very impressive. Then I went down and I I looked at what was my first choice. Yeah. And at that particular time, Towns Hall was a was rather overcrowded. I now see. they have taken care of a lot of that mm-hmm. uh, since then, but I was I was not favorably impressed with it. 
And so I started to, is this really where I wanted to go or not? Yeah. Went over and, and visited with a friend of the family who was on the Justice Pope over there on the Supreme Court. My goodness. And that was before he became Chief Justice. He was just one of the regular justices at that time. In the Texas Supreme Court? Yes. How about that? And he was he was in my father's scout troop. My goodness. And, but at any rate, he knew that I was interested in, in going to law school. Yeah. And said that, uh, Bill, there's there's a school that has, has really impressed me. Yeah. And I, I think that you, you owe it to yourself to visit it before, before you make a final decision. Check it out. And I was expecting him to say either SMU or Baylor. Yeah. But what he said was Texas Tech. How about that? And that was the deciding factor on there. Yeah. And when, when he said that, I'd, I'd already been impressed with it. Yeah. And I went ahead so and. that was a confirmation for right. you. Right. Yeah, I've always heard that Tech has a very fine law school out there. Now, Bill, what was your family's uh, church background uh, growing up? We were Baptist. I see. And uh, did you um, go to First Baptist in Abilene? Went to University Baptist. University Baptist in Abilene. Although we knew the pastor at First Baptist and our... One of my sisters uh, was a uh-huh. member of at First Baptist. I see. But uh, university was closer to where we lived. I see. Well, I noticed when um, you guys came over to our church, which was such a blessing. Now, has it been two years or so since you guys first started attending here at Highland Terrace? Something like that. I don't remember yeah. exactly. I noticed that you had a lot of uh, depth and knowledge of the word and Understanding of biblical backgrounds and other, uh, you know, historical uh, facts, and you seem to have a uh, a penchant uh, for uh, Bible knowledge. Is that accurate, Bill? Uh, not anywhere nearly as much as I'd like to have, but yeah. it's. Yeah. But I, I do enjoy studying the Bible and Amen. and also history. Amen. My mother was a historian. Is that right? So you have a you have a uh, interest in history that you got honestly. Well, I hope it was honest. <laughs> but my yeah. bedtime stories were on Old Blue and various other things around Texas history. How about that? Well, that's great. Good deal. Well, um, Bill, um, what are some other uh, interests that uh, you can tell us about and experiences that you've had in your life? Well, I guess my favorite hobby was photography. Really? Uh-huh. And then uh, all of my kids enjoy photography. Yeah. Which is, in a way, is kind of interesting because my middle child was the one that did not want the single-lens reflex camera. She wanted something as small that could fit uh-huh. in her her purse and that yeah. she'd be able to take with her. Right. Now she is the, the professional photographer out of the bunch. Really? How about that? Wow! So she really, uh, she really had an eye for it. Apparently, she really did. Yeah, it seems like photographers know how to survey a scene and find just the right shot of a given subject. Well, it's we we live in a beautiful habitat. We do. And I'm, I just thank the good Lord for being able to Amen. to live in his, on a beautiful a planet is what we do. Amen. And to be able to to have the 
ability to appreciate the beauty. Isn't that the truth? You know, Bill, sometimes we don't. We don't see the beauty because we're all focused on the negative. And uh, this has been a difficult time for our nation. A lot of our people, uh, both in and out of our church, have been through a lot of anxiety and fear, suffering. If you had to uh, say a word today to encourage one of our listeners, maybe who's uh, struggling a little bit with... um, you know, there's a lot of things going on right now, a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, a lot of concern, don't know exactly how this is going to wind up, uh, a lot of things we hear on the news that are just so alarming. Um, if you were going to speak into someone's heart right now in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of this uh, season of political and economic uncertainty, what would you say to someone listening today that might help them to... Uh, focus their hearts on um, on the word of encouragement that they really need to hear. Well, Chet, we may not know what the future holds. Right. But we do know who holds the future. Isn't that the truth? And I think that uh, and as long as, as we are children of God Amen. and have accepted him as our Savior, yes. then... Uh, the future is secure for us. Amen. Back, I don't know if I ever mentioned this to you or not. Yeah. But 1985, uh-huh. I was uh, driving home from a uh, from a, a business meeting and saw something in the road ahead of me. Oh my! And I uh, turned the. Uh, Headlights onto bright. Bright lights. Mm-hmm. And saw that there was an 18-wheeler pulled all the way across the highway. Oh, my goodness. The uh, the cab of it was in the far left-hand lane. Yeah. The end of the truck extended beyond the shoulder on the right. Wow. There was no place to go. Yeah. It was, it was stopped there in the highway with mm-hmm. its lights off. Wow. And I knew... That, in all likelihood, I had a matter of a few seconds to live. Wow. Just long enough to say, Lord, if you still have a purpose for my life, Mm -hmm. please take control of this little pickup I'm driving. Yeah. And if not, I reckon I'll see you shortly. (laughs) And at that moment, I had the most overwhelming feeling of peace. Really? That I've ever had. My goodness. It's uh, at a time that I should have been frightened out of my gourd. Yeah, the uh, I had that. I've always heard about a peace that passes all understanding. Uh huh. It's real. Amen. And I didn't know whether I was going to live or die. Yeah. But I knew either way, it was all right. It was, and okay. that gives, and that helps me tremendously. No matter what situation that I'm in. Yeah. I may not know how it's going to turn out. Yeah. But I know who holds the future. Wow, that's a lot to think about in a matter of a few seconds. And yet, uh, obviously, you lived. Did you wind up having a terrible crash? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had a, uh, I still bear some of the, mm-hmm. uh, marks across here. Yeah. Where I got a, mm-hmm. a plate and seven pins over there in that arm and yeah. so forth, but, and had concussion, a few other things, and I had collapsed diaphragm. 
Were you by yourself? Yes. Yeah, Audette received a phone call, yeah. uh, an anonymous phone call that just simply oh. said that uh, he's still alive. Wow. Says, try not to drive too fast. Wow. And uh, I'd pull myself over to a um, to a truck stop, yeah. which was uh, back a little ways. I'd pass the trust truck stop, and I... Uh, you managed to drive back to it? No, I had to walk. You walked? Yes. Back to a truck stop? Carrying my arm. Unbelievable. Where was the driver of the truck? It was hit and run. Really? Wow. So, so he was nowhere to be found? No. How many years ago was this, Bill? 1985, so that would be 35 years. 35 years ago, and... God gave you that peace that passes all understanding. Do you still have that today, Bill? Yes. I can see that. It's real. Yeah. Amen. Well, let's pray for that listener, can we, that might be out there um, hearing these words of encouragement today. Father, I just thank you for Bill's testimony, and thank you, Lord, for sparing his life, because it could have been a very different conversation, very different outcome. And I thank you, Lord, for his creativity, his desire to work on these books and plays. And, Lord, I just pray that you will bless our listeners today, and especially that person who may be listening now who really needed to hear this word of encouragement from Bill Kincaid. Lord, we look to you. We're not really looking to our... uh, our electoral system or our politicians or the media or the banks, the economy. Father, all of these things have their place, but our hope is in you. Because truly, as your word says, the hope of man is in vain. But we place our hope and our trust in you. And we pray, Lord God, that you will guide us from these days forward to a brighter future. With Jesus in charge, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. Bill, thank you for these two interviews that you've shared with us. We appreciate it very much. This is Chet Haney with the His Mighty Hand radio broadcast, Highland Terrace Baptist Church. And now here's the host of His Mighty Hand, Pastor Chet Haney. Lord, if you had been here, My brother would not have died, but even now, even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Wow. This is total belief in God's ability. And these are powerful words that are found numerous places. In the scripture. Say them with me. Whatever you ask of God. Let's say that together. Whatever you ask of God. That's what Martha said to Jesus. Was an absolute certainty to her. In her estimation. In her way of thinking. In her mind. Because she had had time to pour over her grief. And to pour over her reflection and to think about if only Jesus had been there. And you know what? It kind of occurred to her. It's not too late. Not for the Lord Jesus. I I know even now 
Whatever you ask of God. Can I tell you something, folks? There's something powerful about that. Especially when we agree together. I I love praying with this man right here. My friend, my prayer partner, Brother Warren. I prayed with him last Tuesday night. We cried out to God together. Just a few of us there. That doesn't matter. Because there's a great big God there. And when we prayed, here's what happens. It's Matthew 18, 19, and 20. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall ask anything in my name, it shall be done for you of the Father which is in heaven. Anything. Anything you shall ask. You know, that's what uh, God said to Solomon. Uh, God said to Solomon, ask me for something. And over in the book of 1 John, 1 John chapter 3, I want to show you something here beautiful. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And listen to this, whatever we ask, we receive from him (laughs) because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Can I ask you a question? Was it worth the wait to get to this verse? Whatever we ask, wait on the Lord, be patient, let confidence and courage rise inside of you before Jesus comes. Don't get cooked in the squat of disbelief because you're focused on your problem instead of focused on the Lord. Let your problems focus yourself on the Lord. And look at verse 14 of 1 John chapter 5. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, watch this, whatever we ask. We know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Psalm 37 verse 4 says this. Delight thyself in the Lord and he shall give thee the desire of thine heart. Let that one rise inside of you before you give up. How about Matthew 6, 33, where Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. Sounds kind of like whatever we ask, doesn't it? All these things will be added unto you. I tell you, the reason we have a hard time with confidence in that verse sometime is because we haven't let it rise. And therefore, we step out prematurely, before God's time, before God's will, before God's peace, before God's prompting. And no wonder we get cooked in the squat because we didn't wait on the Lord. She waited on the Lord until she could say with confident assurance and boldness, I know. She didn't say, I think. She said, I know that whatever you ask, even now, God will do it. That, that is powerful. Now, I want you to see something else that's rather theological in nature, but practical in application. 
And this is what we could call today the essence before the experience. We're always about the experience, and that's what we're looking for. We want to experience the blessing of God and the power of God, and we want to see the evidence of God and the abundance of God. We want to see resurrection. But here's what Jesus says in uh, verse 23, your brother will rise again. That's the experience. Martha said to him, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. That's sort of a someday faith. And that's what a lot of us have is a, is a someday faith. But I'm going to tell you, Jesus is not a someday savior. Jesus is a chain breaking, sin shaking, prison breaking savior right here and right now. And look at this. He says to her in verse 25, he says, I am the resurrection. He says, it is who I am. It's my essence. I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he die, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. A couple of important things we need to take to heart from these words of our precious Savior, the Lord Jesus. First of all, the power of the resurrection is in the person of Christ. Because he states it plainly. He he doesn't say, I have power to cause resurrection. I have the authority to give a resurrection. I can make resurrection happen. Well, all those things are true, but because of this, he says, I am the resurrection. When Jesus walked out of the grave and left behind an empty tomb with a rolled away stone, it was consistent with his identity as the son of God. The victor over sin, death, hell, and the grave just showed us who he is when he rose again. And so Jesus is saying to Martha, and the same thing he's saying to you and me, and thank God we haven't uh, prematurely bolted But we've waited on the Lord, so now God is able to say some things to us by faith that he could not say otherwise. You realize this? Jesus is able to say some things to Martha here because of her faith, which has now risen. That that he could not say to a, a doubting Jewish skeptic or to someone else, she has now placed herself on a platform to receive a powerful truth, a message from God. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me shall never die. Now, what does this tell us except one powerful truth? There is, after all, such a thing as life after death. A lot of people wonder about this. A lot of people don't know what to think about this. The whole world is trying to sort this out, whether or not life after death is a reality or if we just die and that's it. We just vanish into nothingness. That's what a lot of people believe. But I want to tell you something. Jesus Christ said it. 
And either the Lord Jesus Christ is a liar or the word of God is true. And I'm telling you right here, Jesus Christ said there is life after death. And the way you access it is through believing in him because he is the resurrection and the life. And that's what he says. Whoever believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And I want to say, yes, I do. I believe that Jesus is real. I believe he's the son of God. I believe there's life after death and I believe we're going to experience it in him. I say, amen. Yes, Lord, I believe. Well, Mary said so too. As a matter of fact, Mary gives one of the most beautiful confessions. I think it's equal to and on par with the confession of Peter. Who said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. At Caesarea Philippi, look what Mary says at Bethany. Martha, she says in verse 27, she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, who is to come into the world. Now we're going to bow together in prayer. Right there. Because we've been talking today about making sure that we don't bolt prematurely. But that we wait on the Lord and we let some things rise inside of us that need to rise. And that is so important In a variety of situations and circumstances in your life and mine, whatever God may be doing and whatever circumstances we may be dealing with, let's don't prematurely give up. Let's wait on the Lord. But I want to tell you, folks, there's one area of your life that rises above everything else, more important than anything else. That is the salvation of your soul. You talk about getting cooked in the squat. What a shame it would be for Jesus to return. And we find ourselves ashamed at his coming. Because we didn't wait upon him. And we got ourselves completely carried away with this world and with the flesh and with sin and with the devil. And we we never really became a believer. Did you see last Sunday what I saw? There was a man in our church who'd been a part of this church for a long time, son of Bobby Ash, Steve Ash. He said, you know what? I was driving down the road recently listening to some sermons and a funny thing happened to me. I became a Christian. Wow. He became a Christian. How did he do that? Did he do it by an experience? Or was it an experience he had because of the essence of who Jesus is? And I I just want to invite you today, if you're listening on Facebook, or if you're here in person, today is the day of salvation. Let's everyone here, starting with me, let's examine ourselves and make sure that our anchor holds and grips the solid rock as we sang a moment ago. 
times like these, we need a Savior. Would you bow with me as we pray? Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you would cause us each one to be very sure, very sure, Lord, that our anchor holds and grips the solid rock. Father, I just pray in Jesus' name for those here this morning who may be going through all kinds of difficulty, some of them here and some of them watching at home, Lord, who are dealing with sickness and trouble and frustration and danger of kinds. Lord, it's just a fearful time that we're living in in so many ways right now, Lord. God, we want to be very sure today. Very sure that our anchor holds and grips the solid rock. Give us, we pray, the confession of Martha, who said, I know that you are the Son of God, and I know that you are the resurrection and the life, and I know that you are the Savior who has been sent into the world. I just pray today. That you would help our belief to rise, our confidence and our courage, Lord. Let it rise today. Father, if there happens to be a soul here this morning who needs to experience that, then come. Thanks for listening today to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church located on Joe Ramsey Boulevard right here in Greenville, Texas. Join us each week at this time as we celebrate His work in our lives through 